Good morning. Good morning, church. Thank you, worship team. I hope you're ready to receive the word. I know that you will be blessed. I pray that your hearts are open and ready to receive all that God is saying to you this morning. Amen. I want to talk to you today about everything restored. The title of the message today is Everything Restored. God has the power to restore all that you've lost. Your joy, restore your peace, restore your relationships, restore your health, restore your finances. Amen. He's a God who restores you. The word says He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Even everything that we've lost during this pandemic, God has all the power to restore you. He holds it all together. The text I'll be speaking from is from 1 Samuel 30, chapter 30. Okay, the background of the story is David and his men went to fight alongside the Philistines, but they were rejected. The Philistines said, we, you're not going to join us in battle. Please don't fight with us. Go back. So they were rejected. They came back to Ziklag where their camp was. And when they came back, they discovered everything was plundered. It was burned down. Their wives, their children, everything that had some value was taken. No one was killed, but they were captured. We're going to take it from verse 6. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. Now it was a hard time for David, a very difficult time, but he strengthened himself in the Lord. You see, they didn't just think of stoning him, they were talking about stoning him. His own guys, the mighty warriors, you know, they wanted some sort of justice. You know, they wanted somebody to pay for what happened. They wanted to kill David. But here's the key. Number one, David strengthened himself in the Lord. The Amplified Version says, David found strength and encouraged in the Lord. Church, this is a vital skill to have. Not just now in the hard times, but your whole life, this vital skill is being able to strengthen yourself in the Lord. We need to learn this for ourselves. Jude 1.20 says, But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. The word says, building yourself up. Not waiting for someone to come and build you up. Just like David, strengthen himself in the Lord. We need to strengthen ourselves. We need to build ourselves. Now, researchers say we have around 50,000 thoughts a day. 50,000 thoughts in a day. That's very interesting. And we speak to ourselves thousands of times every day. And most of these thoughts, like 80% of these thoughts, are negative. Listen to yourself. Listen to yourself. What are you saying to yourself? What are you saying? Are you encouraging yourself in the Lord? You see, when it comes to other people, we tend to be more positive, more encouraging. Nothing nice to say, don't say. We keep quiet. But when it comes to our own self, when we speak to ourselves, we tend to be hard. We tend to be more brutal with ourselves. You know, we say things like, I'm not good enough. My situation will never change. I made too many mistakes. They can, I cannot. I always mess up. I wasn't born into the right family. God can't use me. I will never overcome my addictions. These are the things. What are you saying to yourself? 
Are you listening to what you're saying to yourself? If you catch yourself saying these things, if you find yourself saying these things, do yourself a favour and stop immediately. Stop discouraging yourself. Stop talking down to yourself. That's not encouraging yourself in the Lord. David encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord. Now, how do we do this? How do we do this? Pray. Pray. We don't like to hear that. Hiya, everything is so the solution huh, is pray. Go and pray. Pray about it. Pray about it. You know, we like a hands-on approach. If I did this, if I did that, you know. I know none of you are like that. I know all of you pray very hard. I know you wake up in the morning, before your coffee, you pray half an hour. And then at night, before you, before you sleep, before you kiss your wife goodnight, you pray another one hour before you sleep. I'm talking about people like me, okay, who sit down to pray and then I get distracted. My mind starts to wonder, what am I going to have for lunch? Huh? How did our PM become PM? Huh? If the one MDB cases are dropped, is there going to be a two MDB? All my mind wonders. Only me, not you guys. Yeah? Kidding. Huh? But at the back of my, our minds, we find like prayer is a, is a chore or is a more passive thing to do. Nothing to do, already pray. You know, but it's, it's not. It's wrong because prayer is key. Prayer is key. There's power in prayer. I cannot tell you how many times I've experienced breakthrough when I just lock myself in my room and pray. And pray. You know, uh, my dad said this in Bible study. I'm going to repeat what he says. He says, I'll quote him. He says, your perception of life, your perspective of yourself does not change unless you pray. Amen. Pray and he will answer you. Pray and things will change. Things don't change, you will change. Amen. Another way to strengthen yourself is strengthen yourself with the Word. With the Word. Now, I'm not telling you something that you don't already know. You know you should pray. You know you should read the Word. You know? But the thing is, knowing and doing is something totally different. Hello, I'm talking to some people this morning. James 1.23 says, Anyone who listens to the Word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Amen. Now James is talking about the Word of God like a mirror. So we're looking into this mirror of the Word. The Word. And it reveals our true self. Meaning everything that's right with us, everything that's wrong with us, the Word shows us where, where we need to change, what we need to change. The mirror reveals. The mirror reveals we need to repent. The mirror reveals we need to change. The mirror reveals we need to show more grace. Hello? Sometimes it reveals we need to be better at our relationships. Maybe the Word is telling you it's time to be a doer. You know? Not just a hearer. But the problem is, sometimes we look at this mirror. We look at this mirror of the Word and we see a distorted mirror. We only pick the scriptures that suits us, that we like. We only hear messages that we like. We don't like, we turn it off. Then your mirror is distorted. You know those mirrors at the fun fair? You walk past the mirror, suddenly you're tall, 
Suddenly you're short. Suddenly you got big legs. Suddenly short legs. Suddenly you're fat. Suddenly you're very, very thin and tall. That is a distorted mirror. It's not a true mirror of yourself. But when we read the Word, it reveals us what we should be in the image of Christ. And we change ourselves according to the Word. The more we see and look into the mirror of the Word, we change, we change, we change to be more and more like Him. Amen? Yeah? So the Word is for us to change. It's not when you read the Word or you hear a message, ah, He's talking about that guy over there. This one is talking about my boss. This message is talking about my wife, my husband. No, no, no. It's for you. It's for me. Yes? Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. For if we allow the Word of God to be our mirror, changing ourselves according to the Word, we will start to change more and more into the image of Christ. Amen. What a blessed life. We become doers of the Word. Amen. And the Word says we will be blessed in what we do. Hallelujah. So David strengthened himself in the Lord. He didn't lie to himself. He did not have a distorted mirror. Don't lie to yourself. When things are bad, don't say everything is okay. Like that Hindi movie, <laughs> All is Well, All is Well, Baya, All is Well. <laughs> yeah, Nice song, <laughs> nice movie, but it did not work out. Even in the movie, it didn't work out. You cannot keep saying all is well, all is well, when things are not going well. It's not going to work. You say things are not good now. I know things are not good now, but this is not the end. This is not permanent. I have a future I have a hope. Hello? God's plan for me is success. The Word says, if I commit to the Lord whatever I do, my plans will succeed. Proverbs 16.3 God's plan for me is do not fear. Isaiah 41 says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your hand. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Hallelujah. God's plan for me is, if you delight yourself in me, I will grant you the desires of your heart. Amen. John 10.10 10. This is what you see in the mirror. What God says about you. What God says about your situation. Amen. So let's get on with the story. Verse 8. It says, So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. Now David, notice that David didn't complain to the Lord. Lord, why did you let this happen to me? I trusted you to protect my family. How come you didn't protect my family? Where's my possessions? Where were you when it happened, Lord? I followed you for so long, Lord. How come this can happen to me? He didn't throw a pity party. He didn't throw a tantrum. A lot of believers do that, sadly. Hello? I'm hitting some nerves this morning. When things go bad, they immediately blame God, blame the church, blame the leaders, blame somebody. But David's response was, shall I pursue them? Verse 7 says, he inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue them? You see, he still had some fight 
in Him. Amen. Are you willing to have some fight in you? Instead of complaining, instead of throwing a tantrum, don't give up. Keep the fight. The Bible is full of stories. Full of stories of people who would just not give up. Jacob wrestled with the Lord all night. I will not let you go until you bless me. He did not let go. And God had to dislocate his hip and he still would not let go. I will not let go until you bless me. And God blessed him. He did not give up. He had some fight in him. The story of Samson, a mighty man, supernatural strength, Samson. When he had failed miserably, he lost it all. He was blinded. They chained him between two pillars. He said, God, one more time, give me the supernatural strength one more time. And God blessed him. He gave him the strength and he pushed the pillars down. Now the word says, he'd killed more people on the day he died than when he lived. He still had some fight in him, even at the last minute. Let's talk about the daughters of Zelophehad. Five girls who had no inheritance among the promised land, among the Israelites. Everybody went in, they all had promised land. These five girls, they lost their father, they had no inheritance. What did they do? They asked for their portion. They had some fight in them. They asked for their portion, their right, and they got it. It was unheard of. No man in your family to inherit. Never mind. The five girls went and they asked. They had some fight in them. They didn't just take it as it is. Have some fight, brothers and sisters. Fight for your loved ones. Fight for your future. Fight for your family. Don't give up. It may seem like the enemy has won, but your story is not over yet. Amen? You see, Lord, I surrender, and Lord, I give up, are two very different things. Don't get confused with the two. Surrender means I'm surrendering my will to the Lord. Not my will, Lord, but yours be done. Give up is, hey, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, whatever will be. I don't care. I'm walking away. I'm done. That's giving up. I'm not even trying anymore. When you surrender, there's a sense of responsibility on your side. I surrender this situation to you, Lord. Show me what to do. Show me the way. My own way hasn't been working out. So show me a better way. That's the difference. Never give up. Your own story isn't over yet. Hallelujah. God has sustained you through the years. He has been with you. He had His hand on you. Even when you were out there in the world, you thought you were so far from God, but He was still with you. And even through this pandemic, He's still with you. You're still standing. You're still here. Amen. Now, during the pandemic, my business, which was uh, Sound and Lights, was totally shut down. The whole industry is shut down. Not a single job. Tons of jobs got cancelled. Not a single job. Not a single event. No, no one needs Sound and Lights. You know, and I was praying, asking God for an answer. What to do? What to do? And um, this thing came. An opportunity came. And I did not recognize it immediately. Initially, I wasn't even interested. I'm a bit slow, huh? so pray for me. <laughs> but thank God, you know, we were at the crossroads and we were like, shall I pursue this? And we pursued it. And thank God we pursued it because it was a good business, wonderful business. And uh, it has blessed our family and also forced me and my wife to grow out of our comfort zone, learn new things, learn new skills. Um, it has blessed our relationships with people. It has blessed our relationship as a couple. You know, it's fantastic how God opens the door. Who would have thought who would have thought in a difficult time, 
God can give you something new and you can enjoy doing it. You know, God can do wondrous things. The word says, Jacob sowed in the famine and in the same year, he reaped a hundredfold. Amen. Why not and why not you? Amen. Somebody say amen. So, let's go on with the story. David pursued and they found the Egyptian. They found an Egyptian. Verse 11, it says, Then they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David. And they gave him bread and he ate. They let him drink water. And they gave him a piece of cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. And when he had eaten, his strength came back to him. For he had eaten no bread or drunk water for three days and three nights. So in spite of David having lost everything, having his own friends, his own mighty man speak of killing him, he still took time to show compassion and kindness to the Egyptian, to the stranger. What I'm trying to say is that even when you're going through the hardest time in your life, the most difficult hard time in your life, you can still show kindness, show compassion to the Egyptian, to the stranger. I love what our church ladies are doing. Every weekend, uh, Brother Stephen and Fung Ling is leading a team and they are cooking and they are sending foods, sending food. Um, it's called the task kitchen. They're sending food to the less fortunate. All our church ladies are involved. A lot of our church ladies are involved. It doesn't matter what religion, what race, what background they are. A meal is a meal. It doesn't matter. The meals still go out. You know, and my mom also, sometimes she does it in my kitchen with my wife and kids. And it's wonderful. What is that? That's showing kindness to the Egyptian, so to speak. You know? And for David, the key to his breakthrough was actually showing kindness to the Egyptian. Because this stranger led him to the enemy's camp. Who would have thought? Yes, God told him you will restore everything. God told him you are you going to get back everything. But the Egyptian on the way was the key to David's breakthrough. If he did not take time to care for someone and this guy showed him where to go, where's the enemy? Maybe David would have got it, but much later, you know? So you see, taking time and showing kindness brought him his breakthrough. You don't know what God can do for you when you decide to show kindness, show compassion to the stranger. See, the day I read this message, I received a, a text. Uh, this guy asked me some technical stuff. Now, this guy and I had a sort of a history when we worked in the sound before that and I, I did not want to entertain him. My first response was, I ignore this guy. Lah. Why is he bugging me? Toro, right? So I said, somebody pray for me. <laughs> so, so I said that and I put the phone down. Then immediately I remembered, remember the Egyptian. Alama, I heard that in my spirit. Convicted immediately. I'm sorry, Lord. Conviction. So I immediately replied his message. I immediately tell him what he needed to know. So it's not just about feeding somebody. It's not just about helping somebody financially. It's about using whatever you have to bless somebody. God was teaching me to be more sensitive to others. God was teaching me to show kindness and that you can use anything to help the stranger. For you, it's just a knowledge. It's just something that you know. It's no big deal. But for them, it could mean a lot. You see? So the Egyptian led them 
to where the Amalekites were. Now, another perspective of this Egyptian is sometimes we can be the Egyptian. You see, this Egyptian, the word says he was left for dead. Three days, no food, no water, left for dead. He's going to die. And then David comes along with his men and he becomes the key to their breakthrough. What I'm saying is, you don't have to be a huge success like David. You don't have to be a giant killer like David to bring breakthrough to somebody's life. I'll say it again. You don't need to be a giant killer like David, a mighty warrior, a mighty praiser like David to bring breakthrough into somebody's life. God can use anyone. The gifts He's deposited in you might just be what people need. Might just be the key to their breakthrough. You can be an agent of breakthrough in somebody's story. Amen? You can speak into people's life. The right word at the right time with somebody who needs it. Amen? Okay, that was extra. Huh? Free of charge. Let's go back to the story. Everything restored. So David attacked. He fought from twilight to the next evening, the word says. Verse 18, David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away and David rescued his two wives. Don't get excited. And nothing of theirs were lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from David, David recovered all. Then David took all the flocks and herds they had driven before their other livestock and said, this is David's spoil. Now, David not only recovered everything that they had lost, he recovered so much more. So much more that he gave gifts to others. I'm going to continue reading. When David reached Ziklag, he sent some of the plunder to the elders of Judah who were his friends saying, here's a gift for you from the plunder of the Lord's enemy. And then he says, David sent it to those who were in Bethel, Ramot Negev, Jatir, to those in Arioa, Sifmoth, Eshtemoa, and Rakal, to those in the towns of the Jeremalites and the Kenites, to those in Horma, Borashan, Atak, and Hebron, and to those in the other places where he and his men had roamed. That was a mouthful. But God, you see, he gave a lot because he received a lot. He had a very great victory. So when God restores you, brothers and sisters, it is going to be a great victory. He restores in abundance. He doesn't give you the leftovers, the balance. He gives you the very best. Get ready for His restoration in your lives. Get ready. Everything restored. Everything restored. In 2 Kings 8, there's a story about this widow who took care of the prophet Elisha. And one day her son died. Elisha prays for her and resurrects her son. The son comes back from the dead. Now, Elisha tells her, you need to move out from this place, go to the land of the Philistines and stay for seven years because there's going to be a famine in the land for seven years. And after the seven years, you can come back. So she took everything she had, her whole household, and she left. So fast forward seven years. Fast forward seven years later, Elisha's servant, Gehazi, was talking to the king. He was just talking to the king, and the king says, tell me some of Elisha's miracles. And Gehazi said, well, Elisha raised this boy from the dead. There was a boy a long time ago, and this woman, we used to visit them, and he raised this boy from the dead. 
as he was talking, this woman walks in into the king's palace. She comes to ask the king back for her land, back for her house. That's why she's there. And while, she, while he was talking, this lady walks in. And Gehazi goes, King, this is the woman I'm talking about. And this is the boy that was raised from the dead. So the king said, is this true? Yes. Tell me about it. So the woman tells, tells him his, her story. And this is what, I love this. It says, the king spoke to her and he said, Restore all that was hers, the house and the land and all the proceeds from the field from that day she left until now. Let that sink in. I love this. Not only her house and her land was restored, everything that her land produced for the past seven years was given back to her. Amen. That's a God kind of restoration, a complete restoration. Everything you lost in the famine can be restored back to you. Some of you are going to see this soon. Amen. Everything you've lost in the pandemic, hallelujah, can come back to you. He can restore. Believe it and claim it for yourself. Claim it for your family. David got everything back and more. This woman got everything back and more. You can receive everything back and more. Hallelujah. Everything restored. Let him restore your dreams. Restore your joy. Restore your peace, your finances, your health. Hallelujah. God is in control. Just like the song we sing. God of my present. God of my future. You write my story. You hold it all together. Amen. Let's just pray today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you hold it all together, Lord. And it's not over till you say it's over, God. Thank you that you are a God who restores everything, God. I pray you do a complete restoration, God that you will grant us the desires of our hearts, O oh God, as we put you first, as we delight in you, O oh Lord. We thank you, O oh God, for this work that you are doing in our midst. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Pastor will come and he will bless you before we close. Amen.